Hello, and welcome back to Houston. We have a podcast. It has been a couple months. Uh, I guess we went on a bit of a hiatus for no reason, uh, but we are back. And we haven't run out of ideas, but we have decided to not talk about movies this month. Uh, and we are instead going to be lowering ourselves to talking about TV shows instead. <laughs> so uh, on today's episode, we have each picked uh, two TV series, and we are specifically focusing on streaming service originals. So like a, a Prime original or a Netflix original, something like that. Um, we each have some questions uh, to go through on each of these shows. Uh, so we're going to be talking about six in total. And joining us as our guest for this month is Kelly. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you. So a little bit of a change up on introductions this month. Um, so usually we have our guest introduce themselves by saying a, a TV show or sorry, a movie and a character uh, that represents them as a person. Uh, we are going to do that this time, except we are going to do that with TV characters and TV shows. Um, not only is Kelly going to introduce herself, but since me and Paula have not answered these questions from a TV show perspective, we are going to do that as well. Um, but Kelly, how about you go first? What is a TV show and a character that represents you as a person and why? So I have to go with Olivia Pope from Scandal. Um, wine and popcorn are my favorite two things. They're also the only <laughs> thing she consumes in that entire show. Um, she's also like really like a badass and I think I am a badass and I think that if and she's like obviously it's a political show if you've seen it and I'm very into politics so I always thought if I was ever to get into that world I would be a fixer just behind the scenes moving all moving all the chess pieces and like whatever you see on your tvs because I move the chess pieces I appreciate that context because a lot of these uh, shows that you're probably going to talk about, I, I don't think Carson or I have ever seen <laughs> oh any of them. So we're going to need a lot of explanation today. <laughs> <laughs> and are you picking both the character and the show for that? Yeah. So the show, I since you haven't seen it, this show is basically about, I think it's actually the secret story of what happened with Bill Clinton, but I'm going to just leave that. But Whoa. the show is basically <laughs> about um, there's this, this election that's stolen through like um, using voter registration and and things that were too common within the last election. Um, but she was behind. She was part of the team that was behind that stole the election for the Republicans. Um, and like she left that life, and now she starts her own like fixer type um, uh, company where she basically fixes problems for everybody in DC. And then it goes off into CIA black ops territory, which gets really interesting. So cool. I think that's my life. <laughs> cool. That that segues a little bit into what I was going to choose for mine. Uh, so the character I was going to choose was the smoking man from the X-Files. Uh, similar to what you're saying with Olivia Pope, he's kind of like the guy in the corner of the room who's running everything, but you don't really know him. <laughs> Uh, I ended up not choosing that, and I instead chose uh, Captain Ray Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, <laughs> just because of his <laughs> monotone voice and seriousness. Um, but that show itself, I don't think, describes me really well, so I, I was stuck on this one, and I chose a show that I haven't watched. Uh, it's called Yes Minister. Uh, it's a British show about bureaucrats who are all kind of like 
they listen to the politicians that come in and are elected and be like, oh, yes, minister, we'll do what you're doing. Uh, but they're actually the ones who run the show. Um, so without seeing it, I am picking it as the show that describes me. Okay. <laughs> do you, if you if you eat a marshmallow, Carson, will you giggle like I pitched <laughs> I pitchedly the same way? I, I will not. <laughs> That's a shame. Oh, it's uh, my turn. You go? Yeah. Right. Sorry. Um. So, uh, for my mo- uh my movie character, wow, Force of Habit. Uh, for my TV uh, show character, I picked Abed from, uh, Community, which is uh my all-time favorite show. Uh, just because of the, the humor and uh, the the meta. Ness of it, I don't know. Um, but Abed, I picked because he's the he's like a kind of awkward movie lover guy um not uh no connection to i think he's supposed to have asperger's i i don't but i do relate to him a lot in uh many ways uh most because of the awkwardness like the social awkwardness and the the movie loving um and then for my show i picked uh stargate sg1 because i'm a lame nerd Are you saying that because you saying that show is lame, or be, just because it's a lame pick? No, no, it's not a lame pick. Actually, I think it was a great show, and I grew up on it in elementary school. It's just it was awesome. It's like a sci-fi. I mean, I, is everyone familiar with? St- I, I've seen the commercials. I've never actually watched it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's just like it's cool sci-fi, uh, fun stuff. You just you go through a, a gate into other planets, and there's like aliens that you have to fight and stuff. It's fun. It's cool. That does seem like an interesting premise. I'm I'm actually surprised I haven't watched it. It seems like it would be up my alley. Um, and uh, MacGyver is the main character. Sergeant so, hmm. Sergeant Jack O'Neill. There's actually a really good blooper where they're like, um, uh, they're trying to they're stranded on uh, like an ice planet or something, and then the um they're trying to figure their way out but then the his co-star is like like she purposely planned this obviously and she's like you can't figure something out oh my god i'm stuck on a planet with macgyver blah 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 (laughs) anyways um but yeah so i'm surprised i haven't watched that because so segueing into our next segment about like the questions we're going to do one of the questions we picked uh for what we're going to talk about each of our shows about is like why did you start watching and i was kind of narrowing down like my you know five or six shows i was going to talk about for this and like the premise of why i started watching them was the same it was basically like sci-fi premise and it's like i feel like that's my number one filter for what i'm going to watch or not um so yeah i'm surprised that i didn't watch that um but yeah no I'll, i'll segue into our next section so we're each going to talk about uh, two shows, um, and we're going to answer the following five questions. Why did you start watching the show? Why are you still watching, or why did you stop watching? Um, and then the last three are kind of future-looking based questions on how can this show remain interesting for five years? I put that question specifically in there because I get annoyed about how shows don't do anything over the course of their lifetime. Um, and then we have add a character to the show, like cast a character, um, add them to the existing show, and also pitch a spinoff. So kind of like a, create a spinoff show. Um, so I'll go first. And the first show that I wanted to talk about was American Gods. So American Gods is a prime original. 
Uh, it's based off of a either graphic graphic novel or comic book written by Neil Gaiman, who has done a bunch of stuff. You can look up his Wikipedia. Um, it has a bunch of like movies that he's inspired and stuff like that. But basically, it's about a a world where a version of gods exist on the continent of North America. Uh, I forget what the exact logic is, but it's basically they exist within North America based on whether or not there's anyone in America that believes in them. And their power is based on like how many people believe in them. Um, and they can't leave the shores. So you, you get a lot of gods from different societies. Like you have Egyptian and African and European and uh, Indian gods, and they're all kind of like existing in, in America together. Um, but they're not gods anymore. They're just kind of like people because, you know, people don't believe in Norse mythology like they used to. And so they don't have that much power, but they're still like sort of gods. So that's the basic premise of the show. Um, why did I start watching? Basically because of the premise. Um, it has really striking visuals and a ton of violence, which is going to be mentioned a few times in this uh, show and maybe going to set off some alarm bells for people. But yes, I like my violence in TV shows. Um, and that's basically why I started watching. And I think Neil Gaiman has a bit of like a name power in himself like i haven't read a lot of his stuff but just like knowing that he's done a bunch of, of stuff that i like um and so I, I basically just watched because of that i like just started watching why am i still watching and it's at the end of i think it recently the third season ended and i'm probably going to keep watching uh whenever the fourth season starts but i would say the reason i'm still watching is because the characters have ended up being sort of in i, I want to say sort of slash really interesting but they don't really have the consistent use of whether these characters are good or not they're kind of some characters you cheer against in one season and then they become sympathetic and you cheer for them in future seasons so i feel like these characters kind of like changing and moving it's like i like that um yeah um I'll I'll pause before I go to the other questions. Have you have either you guys watched American Gods? I haven't seen it, um, but I've I've seen like the featured stuff on my Amazon Prime. But now I'm interested. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, I gotta watch this. Yeah, I I haven't, I haven't seen it either. Uh, I just see the the preview come up every time I'm trying to watch something else <laughs> on Amazon. Um, and I I looked it up as you were talking about it, and I I've noticed that. Um, Orlando Jones is in this show. He's the, the guy, f- the guy from the replacements who can't catch anything, but he's really fast. So they put oh, glue on his hands. <laughs> he's sort of in it. He's in like a oh. couple episodes. He's not like a big reoccurring character. I didn't okay. even recognize that was him until he said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then I'm less interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically there's a bunch of people like there's there's a lot of different characters but it's basically ian mcshane holding down the show um and emily browning and it's like yeah he's got the voice and he's got like that gravitas because he he plays a god um and like he has i feel like there's certain characters that have that gravitas of a god better and like Mm -hmm. he has it for sure uh some of the other gods that are played sort of have it sort of don't um, also, Crispin Glover is in it every once in a while as a reoccurring character, um, and they keep his character like changes form. So like, there's different actors that'll play that character, and I always get annoyed when it's anyone other than Crispin Glover because Crispin Glover is so good at that type of role. Um, anyway, so 
I said, why am I still watching? I would say I'm starting to lose interest um, because they've kind of been going on this arc for like three years now. That's not really going anywhere. Um, and so for the question, how, do, how does this remain interesting for the next five years? I, I would say in order for it to be interesting up until the end of like an eighth season, they would have to get rid of their current main character, uh, who's played by Ricky Whittle um, in the character <gasps> of Shadow Moon. <laughs> are so you a fan <laughs> but like i've never really seen him in any like real great acting role like to and... me he's not he's fine like he's not like <laughs> he's not fine and a great actor like jesse williams in um Grey's anatomy like he's he just looks good I don't know. Is that a character who is good-looking and a good actor? Yes, he is. Okay. Jess Williams plays a doctor on Grey's Anatomy. Um, he looks good, but he's also a good actor. But yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing about him. That was like the reason I would get rid of him is because he he's like a J.J. Abrams as a actor form of like he does intrigue, but nothing is delivered on that. Of like, because uh, basically his role is he's not a god, but he's getting brought into the world, and so he's a good character to learn about the world as you know he's learning through it for the first time but he has the emotional range of like a statue and (laughs) so he can't really hold the show down very much so if you're going to keep it interesting i would say you'd have to get rid of him and i would focus the show on his wife played by emily browning who was a little bit annoying at first but has ended up being probably the most interesting character in the show um i'll go into spoiler alerts from here on out so if you don't want to hear spoilers for American Gods give a few minutes but so basically her character dies in the first episode and she's dead for like the first two seasons but still like walking around and still part of the show um and then she goes on all these like she was cheating on her husband and then she falls in love with the leprechaun and then she there's all this (laughs) other stuff um but she ends up having like a really interesting character arc and I would just say like just focus the show on her um and also dedicate seasons to go deeper into certain mythologies because they do a lot of different mythologies but they only go like surface level deep on them and i feel like you need to have like one whole season that's just dedicated on like egyptian mythology and then Mm -hmm. another one that's on like norse mythology or something like that Um, because they are interesting and i think there's there's the interesting premise of like okay these gods have existed for thousands of years what were they doing during like world war ii and the american revolution all that stuff and it's like they never really go into it um and so i I wish they would um so other other questions add a character um so playing on this idea of killing off shadow moon i would also kill off ian mcshane's uh character who spoiler alert is odin um and so I, i think you would need someone to replace him eventually but i think there's only so long that ian mcshane can hold on for and so i would by adding a character i would add Vidar, who is the silent god of vengeance who avenges Odin's death in North mythology. Um, And I would have him played by Dave Bautista. And I would basically have a season (laughs) where Shadow Moon kills Odin, and then Dave Bautista has to kill Shadow Moon. Uh, And it's like, okay, you can move on after that. So you can finally get him out of the show. And then my pitch off, or sorry, my pitching a spinoff. I didn't figure out the specifics, but in this world they also have gods that aren't like classical gods like they have a god of globalization god of technology god of media because that's what our society actually worships these days so when i was thinking about spin-offs the two restrictions i wanted to put on that was i never wanted to have a prequel 
because I think prequels are boring because you always know where they're going to end up. Um, and you wouldn't want to tell the exact same story. So I'd want to tell the story of a new God that is being created in the world based off of like where our world is going now. Uh, but I didn't get so far as to figure out what God are currently is currently creating for ourselves. God of fake news. <laughs> that would, that would lead to a very different that. tone. I feel like of uh, American <laughs> gods. <laughs> But it's like, it does have social commentary in that show, sort of. Like, when they have their god of media, like, they have her as, like, this social media girl. And it's like, I'm manipulating everyone through the media type thing. Um, they actually had Gillian Anderson play her for the first season. And then they killed her off and switched the character. Which I thought was bad, because Gillian Anderson did a really good job. So, I'm just looking up the characters now. And I see that um, Pablo Schreiber is on it as Mad yeah. Sweeney. Is he good? Because I've seen some stuff with him before and been blown away. So he is said leprechaun that Emily Browning falls in love with. <laughs> um, and of course, in the uh, the style of this show, a leprechaun is not like a little short guy. He's like a, a mad war god, drunk Irishman type guy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's one of these guys, like when you first meet him, he's just like this dumb oaf who punches people really hard. And then as two seasons goes on, you learn a lot more about him. And he has like this redemption arc to him and he has all this tragic past and it's like he actually does a really good job he doesn't have like that much of a role to really sink his teeth into because he's kind of playing a dumb guy for most of the time but it's like i i want to see more from him because i think he could do it he's in i don't know he's in one of he's in one of the favorite shows that i think is probably the best show ever created called the wire if you've never seen the the wire it's the best series ever created wait who does he play in there he's nick 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 sabatka is he the polish one yes okay so he did that and he also played like in law and order svu he played like a serial rapist murderer called lewis which is probably one of the most formidable like villains to ever come across a 22 season of Lauren at SVU. He is ridiculous. So it's kind of sad that the role doesn't allow him to sink his teeth into it because I think he's a really great actor. Way better than Ricky Whistle. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, like I I would rather have like him and Emily Browning as like the main characters. Um but no like he does have a few episodes. Like he gets a couple episodes here and there where he gets to shine and so like he gets he gets a little spotlight here and there. I just wish he was like a bigger part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the last person I want to shout out is uh, Peter Stormare, who is that German slash Russian guy with the accent that you see in movies. <laughs> he's um, in the show too. He he's there and he plays a very creepy guy and he does a wonderful job as a side character. I'll, I'll, he'll always be the, the uh, devil from Constantine to me. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember him more from. Uh, Oh, what's the Tom Cruise movie where they see into the future? Uh, the Minority Report. Minority Report, yeah. He's yeah. the eye oh, doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was in uh, Bad Boys. Bad Boys Two. Second one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one where his uh, his business associate gets chopped up and put in a tortilla. Bin. <laughs> yes, and they put a sex <laughs> and they like bring him in for the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not real. <laughs> but going going back to Pablo uh, Schreiber, 
Um, it's so weird because it sounds like he's just completely different in movies versus when he's in like a TV show. Because first of all, I didn't know he was in any TV shows. I just saw him started starting to pop up in like a bunch of these like standard action movies. Like the last three were like Skyscraper was one. Um, Den of Thieves. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. But he plays the same like tough like like fighter uh, uh, security slash military ex-military guy and uh just in any show I, I i didn't realize that he could have more 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 range than like another statue like carson mentioned the other uh, oh no he's good guy. no i can definitely see that he can be typecast as like military guy because he probably mm-hmm. plays that well but it's I, I hope as a result of his role in american gods he starts getting better stuff because i feel like he's capable of it yeah, I think you definitely need to watch that, like, if you're into crime shows, I I, I forget what season it is, but when he plays Lewis in Law and Order SVU, he's, like, like I was afraid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was scared of him. Like, it was insane. So is it my turn now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, go. So I'm going to start with um, this Netflix series called The One. Um, and the premise of The One is that it's a show that's both like a relationship drama and a murderous mystery set in like this futuristic world, which is quite frankly not too different of our own right now. <laughs> so The One is um, the name of the app that you can use. So it's like Tinder meets Ancestry DNA. So you submit your DNA to this place and they put your DNA in the system. And the premise on this scientific, um, this scientific notion of the matching of ants who find their like their lifelong partners through their DNA. Um, they match you with somebody who's in the system, which is your one. So you can only have one match, theoretically, but the person has to submit their DNA to the system so that you can get your match. So you can send your DNA in, and if your one didn't submit, then you don't get that match. You have to wait till they submit, right? So it's it's interesting and complicated at the same time because in the show, like they follow different threads, showing us how like different relationships in society change because of this app. So people who've been married for like a long time, somebody submitted their DNA, they found their one. And it's like in that first conversation, like you just can't help but but fall in love with this person or whatever. So the show is kind of like it follows different threads, different people down like their matching and their relationships. Um, but it's all wrapped up in this huge murder and mystery with the CEO and how she even was able to get <laughs> um, the data um, the CEO names is Rebecca Webb to um, do the matching. So that is kind of the premise of the show. Um, so it's like she's like a dangerous person, the CEO, um, because she basically dedicated her life to creating this um, app for people to use because she believed in true love, but her entire true love story is a lie. <laughs> so... 
Why did I start watching it? Honestly, I'm one of these people, like, if I'm on Netflix and they show me a featured show, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting, I'll start watching it. And I think that's literally what happened here. There was no, like, compelling reason. I was like, oh, this looks nice. Um, I had nice pictures and stuff. So I was like, <laughs> I have nothing to do today. Let me watch this. And I think I binged watched this in a day. It was like a oh, Saturday wow. or Sunday. Because I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Um... So, why are you still watching? So, it's only one season. I will definitely watch season two. I think it's really interesting because I love shows or movies that provide that scientific basis where the science itself seems so simple, but the outcome of the science is, like, so complex. And this is what this show is. The science is basically your DNA is is coded with some stranger out there who can be any part of the world, and that is, like, your true love. But the complexities of, yeah, you found your true love, but the reality of everyday things, what if my true love lives in Algeria? Like, <laughs> how are we going to make that work, right? Like, so things like that where the everyday struggles of making relationships work are still existent in these true love scenarios, which I think is just talks to a bigger premise of like when people date or when people are married or stuff like that. Um, and so relevant to today where like in COVID, we've seen like divorce rates skyrocket and things like that, that it takes more than just true love to make love work. So that's one reason I'm still watching or will watch season two. But another thing is near the end of the first season, I guess this is a spoiler alert. Um, they reveal that there's a glitch in the system whereby if people fall in love with twins, if you if your true love is a twin, then technically the other twin is also your true love. <laughs> so there's this there's this story where the police officer who's chasing Rebecca for the murder falls in love with fraternal twins. Um and it's and it's like so they reveal it's 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 a one in a million shot with twins, but they're also seeing it happening siblings. So I found that was like a really great twist to like, again, simple science, but look, we've overlooked this small little detail um, of twins and siblings. So I definitely want to see what happens there. Um, uh, how can this series remain interesting for another five se seasons? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I honestly... It's one of these things that I think um, if they start doing specific storylines, so there's the main storyline of the murderer CEO, but then there's these branch of storylines of other people who are affected by the one app. So I think if they start going down specifically looking at these other storylines, then yes, they can do another five seasons. But I don't know how much more of the of it people can take like I don't know I I think maybe three more seasons in but I don't think this is something that would last that long so I, I have a couple questions about the show oh, I yeah. haven't watched <laughs> it uh so first is it ever like is it just assumed that the app is working properly and whatever it's spitting out is actually the true answer or is it ever like yeah, yeah. okay yeah. second question because there's a lot of societies with arranged marriages and there's debate around like marriages can be more successful if you're focused more on making it work as opposed to just picking it which has other science and like happiness studies that are out there do they ever go into that social debate or is it yeah 
No, but that's a great, that's an interesting piece. Like they don't have one. None of the couples that they have right now are in arranged marriages, but I can see that being like, as I said, one of those side storylines that they can go down. They do have one couple that's like a happy couple and it's set in London, England, right? So there's this happy couple and they live in London and they're flat and everything's going perfect with them. They've been married. They're everything that we as society will put as, um, I guess, indicators of a good relationship and a good marriage exists in this couple. But the woman, for some reason, decides that she wants to figure out who the husband's one is so that she can become that person. So she submits his DNA without his knowledge to the one. They come back. She bef- it just so happens that the girl lives like two blocks down. She befriends her and starts like searching in her house and stuff <laughs> to try to become her. And the girl is so very different to who she is. Like she's this very earthy type, down to earth person, very relaxed and chill. But the girl is like high fashion, like very flashy and whatnot. And it just so happens that the husband meets the girl. And he falls in love with her. So now you have this whole story of like, he's like, okay, what am I going to do? But at the end, he chooses his wife because he's like, listen, I've committed to this person. But there's this underlying feeling that he has about this other woman that he only met once that he's now in love with. So that's a good, like, arranged marriages would be great. So I'm making a guess, and I've never, again, never seen the show, but... Do you feel like there's a lot of interesting things that it could do, but it's getting too caught up in like its murder and CEO storyline? I think that the, well, the murderous CEO storyline is good. But I think you're right. Yeah, there's so many other things that I feel very Black Mirror when I watch this, if you've ever seen Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, what do you think I love about Black Mirror is that each episode to me of Black Mirror could be a whole show by itself, it's like a whole series. And I think you're correct. Like it, it focuses on this CEO who's like batshit crazy and she wants to control everything and run everything. And her entire love life is a lie and all these things to really focus on the side relationships that are happening. So yeah, I agree. That's where I get a little, uh, sorry, Paul, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, just because you brought up Black Mirror, I was going to ask, have you, have you seen all of the episodes of Black Mirror? Cause. I've seen most of them. And there's one episode in Black Mirror that is like this. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what the deal was, but it's like you, everyone just knows how many more people they'll, they'll meet or date yeah. before they find their, like their true love or whatever. Yeah. And I was just, yeah. Cause that, yeah, y- exactly what you said, like that, that one uh, episode, it sounds like they just turned it into another separate show here. The uh, one other show I was going to bring up for this episode was Altered Carbon which is a show I started watching purely because of the premise and I feel like has gotten boring because it's got too caught up with its own drama and hasn't remembered its original appeal. But then it's like, I would probably complain if it was the other direction and it didn't have some type of drama that made it interesting. So I don't know what like the right balance for a show like that is that it has its 
thing, which is why people want to watch it. But at some point, you have to have an interesting drama to capture people. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I don't think it will last five seasons, just because the drama itself is just, it's a predictable type of trope of of those kind of murder series where it's like this person gets murdered and we we're we're going through trying to figure out we know he dies but we don't know when we don't know why so it's like the beginning they find his body i forget the name of the guy because all these actors are like not really well known um but in the beginning they find his body and then in the end we know how he died but in that episode where we know how he died, guess what? Somebody else dies. But <laughs> now you're like, here we go again. <laughs> we gotta we gotta figure out how this guy dies now. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then what's my other question? Do you have a character you would add to the show? Oh yeah. So the person I would want to add to the show. So remember I told you about the wife that went and found her husband's true one. I would add her one to the show because I was just like, cause she's so in love with her husband. She's like, listen, there's no other man I could ever love in my life. I don't care what anybody says. So I would add him to the show, but I would add it in a way where it's like the husband kind of like flipped the script and did what she did. Um, because I think that would be very interesting because she's a little nutty. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is like actually like a little crazy. Like I think of, I hate to say this as like in a feminist, but I think of when like I, my guy friends tell me crazy stories about girls that they dated. This is the girl. Like this, <laughs> this normally I'm like, you know, y'all are lying. No girl does crazy stuff like that. This girl, she does the crazy thing. So I think it'd be interesting to see, like, the effect of this new one, like, will she leave her husband? Will she do the same thing? Like, her husband gave up his true love for her. Will she do that? She seems like one of those persons who would follow her heart, so I don't expect it. Um, also, I'd probably add another character, like, to, uh, to just add a little stuff. Her and the husband get pregnant. So like now she got a baby, she got like with a husband, and now she got a true one, and she's crazy. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I pick a character from the series and pitch a spin-off show. Um, I would let me think. I feel like the the CEO is um, a really interesting character on her own. Um, and I, I know you said you don't like prequels, <laughs> but I feel like, like, I want to know what drove her to, to build this app. Like, what about your life? Or like a lot of times she talks about, she experienced like this great love. She saw her parents have true love, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and you decided to build a science to dedicate your life to the scientific exploration of finding through love through ants and apply that to people. Like how, like, how did you get there? To me, that's an interesting story. Uh, we know where it ends up, but that I feel like a prequel would be best of the CEO. All right. Paulo. What's your first show? Oh, um, 
Okay, so for uh, my first show is, I think, probably the one I've watched most recently as well. It's uh, Last Chance You, but specifically the uh, basketball season, because this has been an ongoing show for a while now. Um, it's been it's focused uh, on football. Um, but basically the show is about like they follow a junior college basketball team. Um, and it just looks at the players throughout the course of the season and the, like the coaches and, um, uh, it just shows like it highlights their struggle, um, because some of them are, they're trying to go to division one college basketball. Like some of them want to make it to the NBA one day. Some of them are just like, they're uh, like the idea of, of them being in junior college is that it's their like, well, <laughs> their last chance uh, be, uh, to, to make it because like there, there's some that um, they were in division one before, but then they got injured. There's some that like they uh, they're not doing well in school, so they wouldn't be eligible to, to go to college and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it follows them throughout their, their basketball season and they pick uh, well. So in this season, they've picked a team who they, they're like the favorites to, to win the state championship. And um, it just it, it it gives a lot of backstory into like most of the players' lives. Um, like I said, I mentioned there's one who he played for a, like a big school before, but he got injured, so he like he went through a dark time, and then he almost gave up basketball, and then he came back uh, to this junior college team. So there's like a like a dynamic of him trying to to weigh like he was this good before, like he knows he was better than all these guys, but now he has to come off the bench because he's like uh he's he's not the player that he used to be um like there it it, it shows um some of the other guys who like there's some that leave, live alone uh some that live out of their car like it's really like it's it shows how how tough it is like when we watch like uh march madness basketball uh it, we just see all this like flash and like big games and everything but you don't see all the like all the work that the the players are putting behind it um, so that's one of the reasons why I was, uh, why I started watching. Like, it's just really interesting to get a bit of insight into like how, how big, uh, uh, sports like college university, even high school sports are in the U S. Um, and also, uh, it, the, the basketball season came out, I think well into, uh, lockdown uh, and I, the, my, <laughs> My uh, opportunities to play basketball have been few and far between, so I, I guess I'm just kind of living vicariously through these, <laughs> through these players. Um, and I mean, it's just like a, a love of basketball, generally, uh, and also just the like, the just looking at like, at each of these guys and their motivations is really interesting to me, which is kind of surprising because mostly I just be focused on like. The highlights of them playing basketball <laughs> but it, it's it's really compelling seeing their stories and everything and i got really invested like throughout the course of the season um i mean i'm, I'm still watching or i still will watch because the season's over but um I, I mean i would watch it's 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 a cool formula that they that they have that which i mean they've been doing for many seasons with the football uh the uh, like other football teams um but I mean, they don't really have to change a whole lot. It's just, it's more like focused on the people and the people are what make it interesting. So that's why it, it works. And while I'll continue to watch, like I went back to start watching the very first season um, of, of the football of like, I forget Laney college football team um, because of this, because of this, uh, this season. 
Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's just as interesting. Like, I don't know football as well as I do basketball, but, um, it, it's still like, just because of the, the, the human drama, the human element is, is what keeps it, uh, interesting. Um, and I, I assume it's going to be the same way for the next five basketball seasons with different teams. Um, the only complaint, one of the complaints that I do have is that, uh, the basketball season in particular, um, they're, they 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 have to make it I, I get it's a show and they have to make it like dramatic um and there's drama enough with like the whole uh with their their backstories at home and everything but they try to extend that drama to the actual games that these guys are playing and the the team is actually so dominant that they're blowing every team out by like 30 or 40 but when they're showing in the show like a game it looks like they're falling apart and they're like fighting with each other. And like the, these guys like are getting benched and then it shows a score and they're winning by like 50 points. <laughs> so it kind of like, it, it kind of cheapens the drama a little bit, at least on the basketball side. Um, so, I mean, what I'd like to see in the future, and this, this kind of ties into our last two questions about like picking a character, sorry, not, not so much picking a character, but um, like a, like a spin-off show or like what I would like to see in the future, just to pick a team that not necessarily is like the, the odds on favorite to win everything. So that it's, there's a little more drama with uh, the, the games as well. Like I, I want to see if I'm just thinking about basketball from a basketball sense, I want to see close games too. Right. Like I want to see them struggle a little bit on the court, even though they're like struggling so much off it. And I get it. So that's one of the questions I had, because I, I watched one episode uh, in preparation for this, <laughs> and it was, I think I jumped in at like season five of the the football show, um, and it was with that same Laney school. But so is it the same school that they do for like five full seasons, or do they pick a new school every year? So I think for the football one, they, they used Laney College multiple times, or Laney whatever, university, mm-hmm. um, and, but they switched it up a bit. The basketball season, I think they just, they picked one school well, obviously they picked one school. I don't know what they're going to do moving forward, but I di- I did look into it after I watched the first season, and it yeah, it changes the football team a, a little bit because there's like I don't know maybe ten seasons, um, and they they go into like a whole lot about the the history of the team as well, like the Laney College one. Apparently, like the coach is is well known in I think the Bay Area. He's like a like a, a community hero. Uh, for all that he does for his like players and everything, and then the basketball coach is the same way. Like it, it, it's also an, a whole other thing about him. Like he's very intense. Like he was a, he he was a really good uh, college player in his day as well. And like he he pushes his players really really far to the point where some of them like start to hate him, and that's a whole another like layer of drama there. So yeah, that was an interesting realization for me watching the football one and being like. Oh man, I really don't want to be that competitive ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so do they ever like do any like follow up? You know, like at the end of shows, do like Jack saw this and yeah. decided to become a better person. He is now spending three years in jail. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, set to uh, that song. Like, you see those Instagram videos of yes. like. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they do. Okay. So I'm going to go into like heavy spoilers right now, but, um, the, the buildup 
throughout the whole season, like you could really feel it, like how bad they want to win state because like they were upset in the first uh, round last year, and they like this is their one chance or again last chance, and then at the very end, like the last two episodes, like it's they're well into the playoffs, and then the last episode. COVID hits and it shuts down the whole season and they don't even get to play in the finals. Like they make it all the way to the state championship and it just, it's all canceled. Like everything they worked for throughout the whole season, it means nothing. And then it ends on that. And then it just says like, uh, then it gives that whole thing about like the coach is, uh, uh, he's preparing for the next season now. And like the, all these guys, like some of them went to D one, some of them went to D three, some of their, some are um, like, not playing basketball anymore there's a little bit of that um which i mean i wish there was a lot more because i had to google a lot of them to find out Mm -hmm. like more details about what happened because i really wanted to know like after all this like even though it's like eight or ten episodes like i really wanted to know what happened to these guys after um and i I noticed that too when i tried to google some information because i was watching the one episode and it's like it's because it's happening real time. It's not like, Oh, and this person made the NFL and then they went off to a five year (laughs) career. It's like best case scenario. They got picked up by a div one school. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, there's not a whole lot of drama yet, but you can follow up on people who were in like season one. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any like basketball stars that like make like cameo appearances? No. (laughs) Um, The the school is probably too small for. Yeah. That was actually going to be uh, a character that I would add, like one of our other, one of our five questions, because I mean it doesn't really work with this kind of show, but yeah. Um, wh- I, what I was thinking is like, just to make it completely ridiculous, even though it's like a more serious show, um, you you take like a washed up basketball player or like one of those like Instagram basketball like fame Instagram famous basketball players like like a Julian Newman or a or a, like Alonzo. Well, obviously not now, like Lamelo <laughs> Ball, and then just transfer them to this school, <laughs> so that they have to balance like the the media attention and like the media circus versus like oh. these guys who are struggling really hard. I mean, that would make it like I already hate it, <laughs> but I can't think of any other way to to make a spinoff or add someone to the show. If, but yeah, if no, you did uh, a, p- a spinoff for like any other sport, because they did football and then they did basketball. What one would you want to see next? Oh God! I mean, I I'd say tennis because that's the other sport that I played <laughs> like growing up. But I'm sure no one would watch that. <laughs> Is there a lot of uh, people struggling on the streets, sleeping in their car to play tennis? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of uh, maybe maybe uh waiting outside the country club for the fence to open. <laughs> I would love to see hockey just because, like, I'm from Trinidad, so we don't really play a lot of hockey in Trinidad. But when I came to Canada, I remember, like, talking to, I think it was my first job, um, and, like, this lady I was working with, her son was, like, a hockey player. But, like, it was such a big deal. Like, the entire family was, like, dedicated to this boy's success in hockey. And I was like, this is... This is some stuff we see on chair, if you've ever seen chair. <laughs> no. And those, like, cheerleader competition shows. Oh. <laughs> um, which is one thing, like, you don't expect cheerleading to be, like, this insanely competitive sport, but it is, and it's, like, serious. And I was just like, I'd love to see that, like, if they did this with hockey. 
So don't hockey players make a lot of money? I mean, when they go pro. And yeah. it, so it's interesting, like I went to high school with people who got picked up into the NHL and they kind of knew by like 15 that they were going to be rich because they were going to get drafted first round in the NHL. So it's like, yeah, you, you do kind of get that same uh, vibe that you would get from like other people. And like, like I'm sure LeBron James knew when he was young that he was going to be like successful and rich when he grew up. So it's like, you, you do get players like that. But I associate hockey players with like, rich white families it'd be a different type of of struggle (laughs) no like i don't know like these this lady like she was a regular mom who was working at the bank and you know like had a regular job but she was on the ice every weekend and because like uh, hockey still costs a lot of money to do it's like i could never play hockey growing up because like my family couldn't afford it but it's like there's a lot of equipment you have to travel you have to like go on a lot of road trips and whatnot and it's like, I, I would be interested in that as well, but I feel like it would be a very different vibe. Cool, cool. And like in hockey, if you haven't made it by 14, you're not going to make it, so. That's so much pressure <laughs> to put on children. Yeah. Tennis is, kind of same, tennis is kind of the same way. Like, you have to be doing, like, provincial tournaments and, like, bigger by the time you're, like, a teenager. <laughs> so kids just can't be kids anymore if they like a sport? Jeez. But you know what? Let me. I saw Serena Williams playing with her daughter on the court in like an Instagram. They did like this three second Instagram sh- shot, and I was like, "That, wow!" <laughs> like she's already. By the time she's ten, she'd probably be in the Wimbledon. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna reminisce about <laughs> my tennis days because it just depresses me. But, um, I feel like it. I think tennis. I'm just going way off topic here, but tennis is one of those sports that like, if you're, if you're really good at it, you have a better chance of getting to like a, be a pro tennis player than you do of making like the NBA or, or like the NFL or something like that. Interesting. Any last thoughts on uh, last chance you? Cool. I've uh, said everything I, I have to say. Um, all right, so I'm going to start talking about my second show here, which is probably one of my favorite things I've watched in 2021 so far, which is the TV show Invincible. Uh, Invincible, for those who don't know, is a prime original show based on a comic book by, I forget who, um, but basically it's a, it would seem like a standard setup that you've seen before. Uh, main character is a teenager who is getting his superhero powers. His dad is like the world's most famous superhero. And then there's a bunch of like teen superheroes. You have, you know, your, your basic Justice League proxy type stuff. So it's like very standard based stuff, but it's also extremely R-rated, extremely violent, um, bloody all over the place, um, which I like in my tv shows um and it's there it's very family drama based um and i i don't want to go into spoilers too much about this show because it is a lot of the value of the show is very much based on the twists and turns that happen throughout the show um i think it's very good at uh making you think it's going to go in one direction because you're like oh i've seen this setup before and you know this is going to happen and then this and this and then it just takes a complete left turn at a certain point and then goes in a completely different direction which i think is really interesting and so it's going to be hard for me to explain why i like this show um because i don't want to go into too much but i'm going to try to do my best 
Um, so that, but that's the basic principle. It's and I should say it's animated. Um, main voice actors that you would know. Um, so J.K. Simmons, um, he plays like the the dad figure. Uh, Steven Yun, who played somebody from The Walking Dead. I forget his actual name. Glenn. Glenn, Glenn. from Walking Dead, yes. <laughs> and then Sandra Oh plays the mum, who's a Korean-Canadian. Um, and it has, like, a bunch of other people that you've probably... What? <laughs> I love Sandra Oh! <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't really... Like, she doesn't have that big of a role, um, but good character. And then it has, like, a lot of other good voice actors as well that are in there that you might not know who they are until, like, you look it up. Um, like... Um, Oh, what's his name? Guy who plays Luke Skywalker. Anyway, he's Mark in Hamill. the show. Yes, Mark Hamill. Um, so yeah, that's that's the basic premise of the show. Um, why I started watching was like, I think similar to uh, Kelly, what you were saying was like, it just came up as a recommendation. And I was like, oh, I like superhero stuff. I like animated because I watch a lot of the DC animated um, superhero movies. And I like those. And so I was like, okay, I'll check it out. But really was not expecting much. Um, I would say by the end of the first show, I was hooked for the season. And I would say anyone who's like kind of on the fence on this one, just go watch the first episode and wait for the last five minutes of it. And if that doesn't hook you, maybe you're not going to be interested. But at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. And I won't get into why that is. Um, but why am I still watching? I, I think, well, I've kind of alluded on it, but it's like it does a lot of really good twists. There's a lot of characters that even after a full season, like it would be a debate to say whether they're good or bad or not, because it's like people have their motives and they do questionable things. Um, there's also some fun violence. I don't know <laughs> fun how much violence. more I can get into that. <laughs> um, but you yeah, said it... the show was like family centered. Yeah. So when well, I say family centered, family I mean, drama. yeah, it's about a father and son, <laughs> not like, targeted audience as children <laughs> um there's a lot of parallels that i see between this and the boys which i'll talk about later which which i i was already interested in um but now that i know that glenn from the walking dead is in it definitely gonna watch oh and jk simmons <laughs> yeah i think the boys is like a very good comparison for it although i think the boys and we'll talk about that in a bit it's it's they take the offensiveness level as like like offensive comedy is like a core part of it throughout the entire time whereas like i still think uh, a more comparable show for invincible might be something like a spider-man where it's like okay here's somebody developing a power they have you know high school problems and you know dating this person and having a fling with this person all that blah 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 but then also there's gratuitous violence and it's like way over the top of like what it actually might look like if there were superpowered human beings on earth. Um, and so I like that it has, cause I, I like coming of age type stories. And so I kind of like that typical stuff that Spider-Man has done, but I also like something like the boys, which is more adult based. So it's like, it's a good merge of those two. Um, and it knows the genre because it knows what twists the genre has seen before and it knows how to avoid those. So I give it a lot of credit for that. Um, how would it remain interesting for another five years? I think at a certain point, like a lot of the value in the narrative for the first season is based on that father-son relationship, especially the last couple of episodes. But if they want to remain interesting for another five years, they probably have to go beyond that kind of story focus. 
Uh, and they have to make Mark, who's like the teenage son, more of an interesting character on his own because I think Mark is more of an empty shell and there's all these interesting characters around him. Like J.K. Simmons is a very interesting character. It's a very good character. Um, but at a certain point, they kind of have to make Mark the main character and say like, okay, here's some more interesting things about him. And I would say like, what would be more interesting is like go another 80 years in the future where he's having his own kid because um, he can live for like a thousand years. And so he doesn't, he's not restricted to like a human lifespan. Um, and because there's all these father-son issues, it'd be interesting to see him on the other side of it as the father. Um, I don't know if, so there, there's comics for this stuff. They've already announced season two and three for this, as well as possibly a live action adaptation. Um, so there's a lot of places that this could go. Um, and I'm actually quite interested to go where, see where it would go for that as well. Um, but it can't just be like the same father-son relationship for like five years. Mm-hmm. I just looked it up and it has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is very hard to get. <laughs> it's I, I feel like it's one of these things that's going to be very well liked by a niche audience, but not really seen by a lot of people. Which would be... I'm adding it. I'm adding it to my list. Yeah, that that one's definitely on my list as well. But like when you say it's it's gonna be like a niche, is it because because like that kind of stuff, like what you described, similar to the boys, for example, like it's hugely popular. I feel like is it partly because of like the, the the fact that it's animated, or like is there something else that you makes it make you feel like it's not gonna be widely? I, I think it's mostly because it's animated. Like I think people don't give animation enough credit like they won't take it seriously like they're just expecting it to be like something dumb and fun like a family guy or something like that um if they do end up making the live action movie or live action tv show that they've kind of said that they've been doing um i think it could take off a bit but i don't know i i also feel like if they get a big budget and do a live action movie it'll be watered down and what makes it interesting and good like part of the reason why i like animated shows is i feel like they are a little bit more capable of being a bit more bold um and doing weird and crazy things that you would never get in a big budget movie because it's like too much of a risk um like especially some of the suicide squad animated movies that i think i've talked about in previous episodes here where it's like I, I want to see weird shit because I've seen too many movies in my life to see just another one that does the same story. Um, which, speaking of that, I watched Without Remorse yesterday, which is very much that type of thing. Um, it's like, <laughs> here's an interesting book that we're just going to ignore and just make a generic storyline. So I, oh, I very much see that good? happening. Sorry? Was it not good? So, okay, sidebar on Without Remorse. <laughs> I read Please. this book when I was like 10 years old. It's like a very wandering storyline that has a lot of like drugs and prostitution and all this crazy shit in it and the movie is just like it's an army guy and here's one mission that they go on the end i don't know if there's a difference of opinion on that but i it's not even the book it's not even the same story yeah i mean the story is very standard like as much as i i love michael b jordan i just like I feel like there was nothing. There's not a whole lot going on in the movie. Like there's cool stuff, but not enough cool stuff to carry a movie that like doesn't really have a story. Mm. I wonder if that's because of Tom Clancy. Like 
I don't know if you've ever seen Jack Ryan, but it's kind of, it's a good show. But the storyline itself is real basic. Yeah, I mean, like, Jack Ryan was one of the sto- one of the shows that I was considering talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I- I've watched both both seasons. Like, the first season, the story was definitely a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, like, a lot of spy stories nowadays follow a very similar similar formula. Um, and, like, I don't know. There's, like, I don't know if there's a lot you can do anymore with, like, spy-type stories like that. So, I mean... I, I I get it. It's tough, um, and you can definitely see that with the second. Sorry, I'm going way too far. Like sidebar in our sidebar, but like the the second season of like Jack Ryan, the story definitely took a bit of a a dive. I think that's partly yeah. because I think Michael Bay <laughs> took over, and it just became more of like an action thing, which is still fine. I still enjoyed watching it, but like yeah, that and. Um, like going back to without remorse, it's just it starts with a standard story and it never really goes anywhere. It, they just try to build a, like a a universe at the end. Yeah, okay. I was I was waiting for John Krasinski to show up at the end of it, and I was disappointed <laughs> that he didn't. But like, no, in the book, uh, like Michael B. Jordan's character, like his wife dies in a car accident, and then he later falls in love with the prostitute and like helps her overcome a drug addiction, and then she gets murdered by like her pimps and whatnot, and it has like this whole crazy storyline, and it's like this one has none of that, and it's like barely the same story. Um, so yeah, Kelly, you haven't seen it, right? So we can't. I haven't really... seen it yet. It's on like my list of things yeah. to watch. So but it's spoilers. <laughs> it's okay. Like it's one of those things where I was like, it's kind of like the the other one on my list is the Mortal Kombat movie. But it's kind of like I want to watch it, but it's not gonna happen anytime soon because there's no there's no compelling thing making me want to watch it other than watching Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I mean, that's why I watched it. <laughs> yeah. The last note I have about Without Remorse is like the person who's supposed to be the villain guy. Uh, he's a star of a movie called Lemon, which is like one of the goofiest hipster movies that I don't know if you've ever seen, but I just could not take him serious as like a bad guy because he's just the goofiest actor. Wait, Guy Pierce? No, no, no. The guy, the Russian, the the quote unquote Russian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. enough about uh, Without Remorse. Invincible. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Watch at least one episode. Um, my last couple questions just about it of like how would I add a character um, so basically you find out really early on in the show and this isn't much of a spoiler that his dad is part of another alien race called Vitruvians um, and there's like they give one per planet to quote unquote help that planet succeed and become better and so like I would add another character from that planet in to kind of expand the space uh, aspect of the show uh, which ties into my spinoff, which is uh, my spinoff would be based off a character called Alan the Alien, uh, who is voiced by Seth Rogen, who is basically an alien that goes from planet to planet to check in to make sure everything's okay, according to this Galactic Alliance. Um, so I want a whole show that kind of expands into this space side of things, which they've teased but never gone into. Uh, I've never read the comics for this because uh, it's based off like a comic series. I, I don't know if that's actually a big part of this show or they're going to plan to go into that. Um, but I kind of, I hope they expand the space side of it. 
And that's all I have to say about Invincible. Go watch it. It's on Prime, so if you have it, it's free. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll, I'm adding this. Um, some other highlights on the cast. Uh, Zazie Beetz plays one of the main characters. You got Walton Goggins. Walton uh, Goggins. Zachary Quinto plays a robot. Uh, Jason Manzukas, who plays that angry guy in every show he's ever in. Oh, I love... <laughs> he's so they're, they're a pretty good cast, yeah. Nice. Okay. All right, Kelly, what's your second so, show? I'm going to talk about another one of my favorite shows from 20... I think I started this in 2019, 2020. It's called You, and it's a thriller. It's a Netflix original. And... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you is a show that follows the main character, Joe Goldberg, who is a bookstore manager in New York City. Um, and he's young. I, I assume he's like in his 30s. And Joe is a regular old Joe, regular old guy, except, you know, looking for loving the city. So he's single. He's out here. He's dating. <laughs> except Joe can get a little bit obsessive, maybe a lot obsessive with the the with whatever woman that catches his eye there is no level of sense to why this particular woman catches his eye but he gets so obsessed that you know he thinks that their love is forever in his head so a lot of this is like <laughs> the commentary about this show a lot of joe's thoughts are what we hear so he's the narrator clearly of the show um and he also tends to murder Quite a bit. <laughs> tends to murder. <laughs> yeah. He tends to murder people who become obstacles to his love. Um, so Joel really should have a therapist, but <laughs> he does not. And this show starts so it's two seasons. The first season, um, he's in love with Genevieve, um, who is like a I think she's a graduate student in Columbia University or something Guinevere. like that. Oh, yeah, Guinevere. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I said, what's this? So, her so name is actually Guinevere? Yes. Her name is Guinevere Beck, right? Yes. Yes. Her name is Guinevere Beck. Um, I don't know the actress that plays her, but she's very cute. I can say that. Um, so they, he, he follows her around and he inserts himself in her life. Like, she's going through, like, a dark time as well with friends and being accepted and, and she... Um, goes to commit suicide one one evening and he kind of like saves her and um and she has her own stuff but he <laughs> he is stalking and murdering people around her like nobody's business <laughs> <laughs> that's basically season one and then season two is like spoiler alert in the end of season one he ends up killing her um and then decides you know that love well they broke up when he kills her and he decides that that love is was not the love moves to california to start a new life because you know that his heart broke up as you do when you kill someone (laughs) but the move was more about you know he had a heartbreak and he's trying to see what's up on the west coast and (laughs) love with a girl named love (laughs) and love is just as murderous as joe so that's basically the the show. I love it a lot. <laughs> I love crime shows. 
and I love twisted individuals, and Joe is right up there. So when I start watching, so Joe, the character, is actually played by um, Penn Badgley, and for those who know him, he was very central in Gossip Girl. So what happened was I was watching, re-watching Gossip Girl on Netflix, and I had finished it, and then you popped up. And I was like, oh, this was before the show was popular. So the show, like, has a lot of memes out there. Um, so before the show was popular, it came out. I was like, oh, I like him. He was a little twisted in Gossip Girl. Let me watch this. And, like, literally after the first episode, I was like, I have to watch the rest of this. <laughs> because this man's crazy. Um, so that's why I started watching why I will continue watching is because it like <laughs> after season one and they were like oh it's been renewed for season two I was like what is he gonna do he murdered the girls the other the his girlfriend before that he killed so is it just gonna be another show that he's gonna kill a girl I didn't think that the storyline could evolve and man did it (laughs) so i so right now joe and love uh two murderous is a murderous couple right she's murdering for him and she's he's murdering for her and they are now you know married and love is pregnant and they're living in the suburbs you know because that's what you do when you murder people So they're now living in the suburbs, and I am very excited to see what happens in the suburbs because we all know where all the drama is. Wait, is this what your your vision of the next five years? No, that's where they are now. This is what actually happens? Yeah, so this is why I'm watching because I want to know what happens. Oh, my God. It almost sounded made up. (laughs) (laughs) Because we all know what happens in the suburbs. That's where all the real drama is, right? Um. So how can this series remain interesting? I honestly think like this show can evolve. There's so many ways. They've set him up so crazy that there's nothing that is above him or out of his reach or even love's reach in terms of crime to just solidify their love. So I think that if they continue with this storyline, uh, maybe they move to different places. Maybe they they raise some murderous children. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Just a family of murderers in the suburbs. Yeah, like this show could literally evolve. Like I don't know why I'm thinking Adam's family, but this the show could literally evolve into that because it, it's like it's it's just insane. It's insane. Every episode, you think nothing really crazy is gonna happen, and then it's like they shock you, and you're like okay what now so i think it's uh, it's it's funny because this is one of all the shows that we've talked about this is the only other one that from one of your guys's uh lists that i've actually seen a little bit of because uh my fiance watched it as well and i just remember every time like i'll be i'll be playing video games and then i'll look over and like joe is doing some really creepy shady shit (laughs) um and I, I feel like it, it does a, such a good job of, um, uh, like, tying people, like, it draws people in because everyone's done, to a certain level, something, yeah. like, creepy like that. <laughs> like, everyone's Facebook stalked someone. Everyone's, yes. like, gone down an Instagram rabbit hole 
or you know like driven the the long way to get home to drive by someone's not that I've done that (laughs) (laughs) but like I think it it gets people to like to it makes people feel better about their own creepiness (laughs) yeah I, I don't know if that's a great thing but I think you're right and I think what they do is that they they capture you with these very like I shouldn't say normal, but these very like usual ways that we ourselves can go into like crazy mode when we're in like real affection or love with someone. But then it just takes it a step further, right? Just one little step with like straight to murder, straight to murder, right? And you're like a few steps further. Just but but to be honest, like nothing that I've thought of this, but like it's 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 far it's a far a far step but you know like i'm pretty sure some people think about it and some people actually do it <laughs> so but they do it so nonchalantly like this like this man is not even trying to like run from police <laughs> like like there is no like police factor in two seasons and i'm pretty sure he's murdered like five people <laughs> that we know of in the two and they're seasons. all connected like I, exactly <laughs> i don't know what's going on like who's this guy that just moved from New York and suddenly three people are dead? <laughs> Who exactly. could it be? <laughs> what could it be, right? Oh my gosh. Um, so to add a character and cast it, uh I wanted to add um I want to add Joe cheating. And I the character I would add would be whoever he's being, you know, cheating with. So it could be like a since they've moved in to this to the suburb, could be a neighbor or something. Because there's no, as I start off saying, there's no logical reason why he falls in love with these women. It's like he sees them one day and he's like, and you, he's like, like <laughs> you're mine. Like the first time I saw you, I knew it was, I knew it was love. Like you know what I mean. So I want to add like a little bit of real life relationship issues a little infidelity there but also remember he's married to murder mistress love so it would be good to see what happens between the two of them if he gets caught cheating it's like a little so, uh, serial killer mr and mrs smith going on does, does he know yeah. that she's a murderer he and so he, he it's this weird creepy thing he ends up finding out that she is a murderer near the end, so spoiler alert, near the end of season two, where it is, I think it's her brother poses an ops. No, he, yeah, he gets kind of involved with this girl that he's living with, which in a way that is healthy, like he meets her, they kind of like each other, they go out, whatever, but he's still obsessed with love because he has problems. And he ends up murdering the girl. And, but before he kidnaps the girl first because of some other drama and puts her into like this cell, this glass cell that he uses to also keep his books because he's a bookstore owner. So, like those first edition books to keep them nice and crisp and, and great. But it's also like a really good prison. <laughs> so, he has books. So you're in there with the books. It's actually not <laughs> Wait, so the the cell was wasn't originally like uh, supposed to be a prison. Like there was actual. No, it was there made. Was actually, to, a use for it. Yeah, it was made to preserve like really old books. 
So it's like uh, negative pressure and all these all these bells and whistles. Oh wow! But he it's similar to with... um, I think they had a Mission Impossible scene where there was, is it a Mission Impossible movie where or there's tennis? like a yeah, I think so. They had that like vault of tennis. But he also uses it as you know a prison for people that he needs that he to loves. Kidnap. <laughs> so he kidnaps the girl um because she sees something that she's not supposed to see, and then he comes back the next day and she's dead. And he's like, I don't remember killing this girl, but I was also pretty high last night, so it's possible. (laughs) But then realizes near the end, love killed her for him. So it's this kind of like, he's shocked and like, how could you kill her? But he's low-key turned on because he realizes that they're the same. Yo, it's it's wild. (laughs) So he moves from New York to California. Does he bring the cage with him? He Yes, so he sort of brings it with him because these first edition books are very expensive. So he doesn't want to lose the value of the books. But also, too, I think he murdered the owner of the bookstore. <laughs> Just losing track at this point. If yeah, he, if he I, I, I don't know if it's explicit, but he's, you remember, he's Aryan, she's 30, but he owns his bookstore. There's no real story about his parents they don't really exist in here i don't think he's from new york city either so he probably moved from new york after doing some shady shit somewhere else <laughs> and i think he murdered this man who owned the store so i think he sold the store and moved but took like these valuable things with him and now he's in cali doing the same stuff well it's a good it's good that they have like a reason for him to have this actual <laughs> jail cell <laughs> and to to be able to move it across state lines without Yeah, because it's in questions. a it's in a storage unit. Yeah, I remember that. You're filling a lot of blanks for me from like <laughs> passively watching this show. <laughs> I feel like the future uh, of this show is gonna be like uh the Epstein couple where it's like the woman oh finds targets for him. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's so wild. I think what's really captivating about it is the nonchalantness cuz remember we're, we're in his head as the audience and he's ta- he's talking about these things in like it's such a it's just to him it's it's regular. So like for instance like one of uh Guinevere I think she she makes a, a an omelet and he goes that omelet that you're eating, it's so nutritious. You should always eat omelets. I love watching you eat omelet. Like, you know, but the <laughs> words itself are crazy, but the way in which he's saying it, it doesn't lead off as crazy as you should. And I think that's one of the things that I'm like obsessed with because I'm like, how is he saying this so normal? This is crazy stuff. I'm glad that they do take it a little bit farther than that, though, and make it obvious that he is a really bad guy, at least in the one episode I saw, where it's like, he's creeping her, and it's like, you almost get the feeling that some incel could watch this show and be like, oh, this guy's my hero. But then he's, yes. like, doing weird stuff and, like, jerking off outside his her house and stuff like that, and it's like, okay, take it far enough that people can't make him their hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he killed her best friend, <laughs> and then, like comes she comes in she's like oh my god peach is dead and he's consoling her and i'm like you <laughs> killed peach like two hours ago 
there's there's also another part I, I also found this funny. I, I think Chris Chris D'Elia is in this show, right? Uh, um, so he's so he's one of the guys I think in season two that Joe kills. He's like a long haired like douchey guy. Oh, yes, Benji? Chris D'Elia Henderson. He plays Henderson. Oh yes. <laughs> so he, he's like it's funny because in the show it kind of like mirrors what happened what not what happened to him in real life i guess how he is in real life because there's like this whole scandal about chris delia like grooming underage girls yeah yeah so he so that's literally what he plays he plays yeah. a guy who plays he's himself. a photographer <laughs> and he has this like underground like um he, yeah he's a photographer and he lures models and he has this kind of like underground play place where he like videotapes and has like them dress up and stuff. Yo, yeah. Yeah. So he basically plays himself. Cool. <laughs> Apparently, like that yeah, with there was a I don't know, this was like last year or maybe a, more than that ago where he got like canceled because I mean, you can't groom underage girls. No, so. you, you shouldn't. <laughs> That's not something you yeah, should be doing. Not just you can't, you shouldn't. Let, let me <laughs> let me correct my statement. Yeah. Another shout out. Another person that's in the show that plays like a creepy person is John Stamos. John so Stamos. He, so John Stamos is in the show. He plays Dr. Nikki. And Dr. Nikki is like uh, Guinevere's um, psychiatrist who is super creepy and who Joe frames for her murder. So um, for me, it was just really great to see because I know John Stamos from house right i haven't really seen him play anything else really um so it was like he plays this super creepy man and i was like i didn't know you had that range john what <laughs> like because he does a really good job of playing the creepy therapist so i was i was like that's pretty awesome go go john um okay and i think my last question is spinoff honestly <laughs> This show is so crazy. Like, I don't even know if I want a spinoff. <laughs> I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> like, at all. Um, I think the show itself is just so... It's one of those shows that it should stand alone and probably never have a spinoff. Kind of like The Wire. Um, or even, like, Power. I don't like this prequel thing that they have going on with that. But I will say... If they can, if in one of the series, they can sort of focus on Joe, Joe's past, like what happened to his parents, what happened to that man who owned the bookstore and just disappeared. Like this, the, this, the story starts when he's like in his prime as a killer. And I was like, how did you get here without like any sort of alarms going off anywhere else? Like, how many girls did you murder? It can't just be this one. So, I think that's kind of way I would like to see it go. But I don't think they should have any spinoff of this show at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's healthy. I mean, that's fair. That's a good. That's a good reason. Yeah. Uh, if um, if you're interested in that premise, you can watch uh, the movie The House That Jack Built. Uh, which is a terrible movie that no one should watch. Um, it's actually well-made, <laughs> but about a terrible subject matter, uh, which is basically about a serial killer justifying why he kills everyone. And then he makes a house out of dead bodies at the end. No. Ew. 
<laughs> All right, know. next show. <laughs> I'll pass, but thank you. Like a literal house out of like the house is created from dead, dead bodies. bodies. Yeah, and it's played by Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Oh, he's a little murdery. murdery. Like he looks that way, the psychopathy. He has a very hateable face. He's um he was in Entourage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy, like Stonehead, kind of almost like Hardhead guy. Kind yeah. Of t- okay. Weird. Um. <laughs> so my my show uh my final show is uh quite basic. It's uh The Boys on Amazon Prime. Um. It was quite. It was all the rage, I think, last year. Uh, it's been two seasons now. It's pretty good. Um, it's similar to Invincible, as we alluded to earlier from uh, Carson's uh, list, but uh, The Boys is a lot more... Uh, I mean, sorry, I'm saying this having never seen Invincible, but The Boys is a lot more about like just the, the shock, like gore and uh, um, littered throughout a story about... A, a guy like a, a, a like a Mar- what's it, what do you call a Michael Sarah type guy like a like a a weak loser I don't know weak loser <laughs> sorry Michael Sarah I mean <laughs> not you like your characters but like that weak loser trying to take on uh, a literal superhero um, it's it's kind of like it starts off as a revenge story um, where him and his girlfriend um, are walking down the street and then like a super fast superhero, like a la the flash just runs through her body and kind of explodes her. Um, so the rest of the story is about him. Like the rest of the first season is about him, like trying to come to terms with it and then eventually getting revenge uh, with uh, a group of criminals called the boys Um who all have their own reasons for hating superheroes. Pretty much the, the the whole idea of the show is that superheroes are are jerks because they all they all they have all this power and no one can do anything about it, so they can do whatever they want and naturally it makes them terrible people. Uh, and on top of that, they're controlled by like a corporation uh called Vought. Um that like it's it, this was a really cool uh concept but like it pretty they pretty much rent superheroes out to cities to like okay you pay us all this money and then we'll lend you uh like daredevil and he'll protect your city and does they do all this like press and like movies and it's really it that's a really it was like a really interesting part of it um and then you just have like as carson says fun violence (laughs) sprinkled about and like um yeah it's um yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it, it was very um, it it was very um, it, like it captured me by like I, I you don't often see a lot of like truly helpless people like just regular people fighting a superhero or like trying to get the better of someone who like a Superman type because I mean normally like if i were to for example if i were to fight superman that fight would be over in like a second so you have to get really creative in like how you get away or like trick uh, a superhero and th- there's a lot of that throughout the series which i i really like it's not just like punch him until he goes away it's like you have to 
use this as leverage, like use his son, uh, hide from using this, like hostages, whatever, like whatever you have to do. But um, it's the ultimate like David versus Goliath story. And then you have Carl Urban like just being uh, a potty mouth and uh, having a lot of fun with it. So it's a, it's a fun fun show to watch, um, and that's why I started watching. I, I I was very lucky to have no one spoil absolutely anything for me before I started watching it. Everyone was just saying just watch the show; it's really good, and and so I did, and I didn't regret it. Um, I think it's a good point you make about like the David versus Goliath because I was watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier recently, and they get like and so many shows do this where it's like, oh no, the super soldier he's very strong and powerful, and now he's <laughs> gonna face fight this other super soldier, and so this action scene is just the same as if two regular people were punching each other, and so you don't yeah. see the weight of their power anymore. Whereas like I do feel like in the boys like there is a consistent like, oh holy shit this is a super-powered person, and this is what they could actually be capable of, uh, which I found quite interesting. Yeah, and it, it just, like, yeah, like you said, it turns into a hockey fight where they just stand in front yeah. of each other and like, punch, punch, punch. But, um, yeah, like, the it, it forces, and, like, I commend the writers for this, but, like, it forces them to get really creative in how every situation is dealt with when there's, like, a superhero that can just hear you from a mile away or like see you through walls like yeah i i really enjoyed that um and i will continue to watch it like i'm not gonna stop i i, I will say the um the it shifted from season one to season two from that revenge story um about like so the main character the michael stereotype guy his name is huey um and it's about like him and his girlfriend are the ones in the beginning that i mentioned but um by the second season, like, not even by the second season, like, three episodes into the first season, his girlfriend is, like, an afterthought. <laughs> but um, in the second season, naturally, it tr it transitions from that story to uh, Carl Urban's character, who is, like, he has an even, even deeper vendetta against the main uh, superhero slash supervillain, uh, who's Homelander, who's, like, proper fucked up, like... Not only is he like <laughs> just uh like the worst version of Superman that you can imagine, but he's like completely cuckoo um, in creative like ways that you would not imagine um, from me telling you this. Like, if you Kelly, have you? I, I'm not I've sure seen if you. It. I've seen oh, okay. it, and you're so right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the best description. He is proper fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he is. All everything, all the privilege, all the like, um, like deep down, never dealt with my feelings about my parents, <laughs> like the like, it, like needs therapy and like some sort of like psycho re re thinking of his brain, <laughs> like like proper, <laughs> like everything that you know are bad in the world to do with like mental health and and he just has all the superpowers yeah yes exactly <laughs> and like it's um it, like you can be insane but like to be just it's easy to imagine like a, a supervillain and he's crazy yeah that's fine but then like there's so many layers to it yeah he that is it's just he's narcissistic <laughs> he is he's all the things but and it I makes like for a great villain 
Yeah, and it's it's good that they go to that level because you make him as a character that you can't stop physically. Like the the end of these seasons are never going to be like Huey taking some shot that makes him superpower <laughs> and fighting him. It's like you have to beat him mentally, and he has mm-hmm. so many issues that you can, or like yeah. there are ways that you can do it. So it's it, I think all that those issues like play into their ability to to do more creative things with the storyline. He's also very dangerous. Which yeah. makes it very, like, for me, very scary. Like, I remember watching it and being like, how is this okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how is no one else scared? Like, this is giving me some thriller vibes. <laughs> like, this is no longer an action movie because of how, like, dangerous this one character is. Yeah. Like, it's there's, there's a bit of tent, like, there's just natural tension every time, like, the group is together, like, the good mm-hmm. guys, the boys, are together, and he, like, and, and some of them are superheroes, like, in their own right. Like, they have their own superpowers, but whenever Homelander is chasing them, I always, like, I, I feel like some of the, one of them can die at any moment, which okay. is a good thing, like, for the show, but, I mean, I think sad what I heart. like about this show a lot um, is that it takes the everyday struggles that we have as humans, so drug addiction, sex addiction, all the addictions, like, you know, um, self-esteem issues, um, feminism, and they wrap this into all these different characters where, like, before when we talk about superheroes, we don't think of them as people at the end of the day. We think of them as these they have extraordinary abilities, but with that comes some extraordinary sense of sanity and an acceptance mm-hmm. of who they are. But this show is basically like when you give regular people abilities, this is what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a good point that I, I, I failed to mention. Like the two prime examples of that are, I, I think there's Queen Maeve, mm-hmm. um, who's like the Wonder Woman type. And then there's like a whole thing about like when she finally comes out or she's trying to hide that she's, uh, that she's gay. Mm-hmm. And then when she finally comes out, this this whole, like the, the corporation is like, okay, you're going to be like a gay icon now. And like, they start, start shooting all these commercials about like, like there's like a, like a energy bar or something yes. that like, <laughs> like it's funny and tragic at the same time. And then there's like a train who's like kind of the, yeah. um, he's the flash type character, but He's like, um, it's like the it's played where he's like an athlete, like a high school athlete, and he's just trying to stay like ahead of the game. So yeah, that that was a really good point. Um, um, if I have one complaint about it, I feel like it is increasingly reliant on the shock factor, <laughs> which like I, I it does have some interesting stories, some interesting characters that they're going on, but it's like it seems like a lot of it is just like, oh holy shit, that happened. <laughs> and it's like, I, I feel like I, I still want them to do those things, but you have to have an interesting, like, I, I'm curious on their ability to keep this up for, like, five years type thing. Well, that's, yeah, that was going to be my my worry. Um, and actually, not even because of that, because the, like, the whole shock factor thing, I think it's it's tame enough that, or, like, it doesn't overpower the story to the point that, like, you don't care what's happening. Um, but what I mentioned before about how um, like it, it's just so hard for a regular person to fight a Superman type here's villain. Um, I don't see how they could keep that going for five seasons. Like 
it's just how creative are you going to get before it gets repetitive? Like you can't hide behind his child forever. Like you can't um, keep hiding behind like an iron wall or, you know, like keep distracting him with, uh, with like a radio over here. Um, I, yeah. I think the, the, the main thing that is like keeping him or the main thing that was keeping him, uh, sorry, Homelander, uh, from just completely losing it was like his public perception. So like, cause he's like, he's a star and he cares about, um, like being accepted by everyone to a certain extent. But at the end of the second season, you can see that he kind of like loses that. Um, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. I mean, everyone's seen it by now. I feel like, <laughs> especially everyone watching this, but, uh, he kind of loses that and he kind of like snaps even more. So, I mean, I'm still going to watch it, but I, I, it's, I can't imagine them continuing for five seasons, but I mean, if they do, it'll be a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. For, for a show that's called the boys, it's becoming less and less focused on the boys. Um, and it's becoming more of like, Oh, look at what Homelander has done this episode. So it's like, <laughs> they do have to find something to move on to. And Huey, as much as it's interesting to see someone who's like weak going up against Superman, he's not a very interesting character at all. And, um, what's the guy's name? Carl, something or other. Um, so Butch, Billy Butcher, Butcher. yeah, he, his character is the more interesting character but he's not at all sympathetic and like you get the feeling they're gonna have to start killing off the good guys at some point and it's like if you keep huey as your main character and kill off butcher you don't have much more to go with but if you have your character be butcher like he's not sympathetic enough to be a main character so that'll be interesting yeah i mean they could probably do away with huey because like if you keep butcher as your main character I think he's offset by the other boys. So like there's mother's milk who like he's sympathetic cause he has a family mm -hmm. or his, yeah, he has a family. Um, Frenchie is like, uh, he's, he's a criminal, like he's a low level criminal, but he also has a heart, I guess. So, I mean, that evens out well enough. Um, I think you just lose the representation of, uh, of, uh, sweet losers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Oh, but then, yeah, I'm not going to go down that but rabbit hole. But like, right. crazy woman that Highlander sort of fall in love with. What's her name? Oh, um, uh, the, the Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> the secret Nazi. Uh, Stormfront. She's also proper fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she, like, and she was another thing keeping Homelander grounded. And now she's gone, so. Yes. And but, there's uh, like I've and one of the good things when you have shows that are based off of like comic books and whatnot is like they have other storylines that they can then start bringing in. And I've tried not to read about it, but I've heard some glimpses of like things that are in the books that they might try to do. And so like there are other characters and other storylines that they can get into. Like Stormfront wasn't in season one at all. And she came in in season two and that's basically what the whole season was about. So I feel like they can bring in these other characters and make a whole season about them. Um, because they have do they have source material to work off of. Same with Invincible. It's like you don't have to rely on just the shock factor of keeping doing the same thing. It's like you can do other things. Yeah, I mean, and then on that note, like if I were to bring in another character uh, to to breathe new life into the series, I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not creative at all. So, like, I'll, all I could think of was like a band aid type character to just to keep things going a little bit longer. 
where like I, I mentioned the difficulty about like the struggle between Homelander and like regular people, but I would introduce like kind of a rogue superhero. So not like like completely good or completely bad. Maybe he has his own like he has his own his own hate of Homelander, but he like also doesn't care for the boys. Maybe he's also kind of a bad person, so he can uh, he'll kill off Huey. And uh, so he'll be completely separate, not a hero in any way. But it gives the boys a chance to, like, escape if Homelander's chasing them because this other superhero will, like, distract him long enough for maybe a season. Um, and I don't know who that could be. Maybe, like, I don't know, a, a made-up superhero, like, uh, dead... <laughs> fire (laughs) (laughs) so the one thing i do know and i haven't read much more than just the casting of it but i knew they have a character next year called soldier boy which is being played by jensen ackles jensen ackles from supernatural oh okay is he the long-haired one or the the other one okay (laughs) the other one um he's like a ackles He's like a standard Hollywood. <gasps> He's so hot. <laughs> yeah, he's alright. <laughs> um, it, but does is is he like a like? Is a, he in Smallville? I don't think so. I don't think so. He is the new voice of uh, Batman in the animated movies. Oh, cool. Yeah. But like, is there any other like detail on? His character that you know. I, I hear there's some gratuitous sex scene with him and Homelander. That's all. <laughs> Which may or may not make it into the TV show because it's too much. Awesome. That I mean, scene where Homelander basically has sex with himself <laughs> to was... me was the. <laughs> I've never seen anything more concerning on TV. <laughs> 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 never. I was so shocked. And then he killed himself? Yeah. Like I was like, you need so much help. (laughs) That That... was so I don't see why they wouldn't put some sex scene like that in the movie when they we've literally seen him kill himself after having sex with himself. Um, if for anyone that's listening right now that has not seen the show, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, do I'm not sorry. let this uh, deter you from watching the show, um, because everything else is 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 good. Um, so let's talk about one other part of the show that probably we all like about it. Uh, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Um, <laughs> this show is super obviously made in Toronto, and I feel like yeah. as somebody who just moved out of Toronto, I'm going to get a lot of nostalgia watching it. Uh, because you definitely see a lot of like key locations throughout the city all the time. I yeah. love that. I love when I'm watching something and I'm like, is that a Beck taxi? Is that, <laughs> is, wait, is that U of T in the background? <laughs> like, I love that a lot. They've, they've literally used the park outside my building uh, multiple times. When and you... I was, I was going to try not to mention this, but. Because I've I've brought it up like multiple times on other episodes, um, but yeah, I, I'm just praying that one day I'll be like walking by set and they'll be like, "You, we need a, <laughs> we need like a another 
like an Asian Huey. <laughs> <laughs> that happens though. Don't even like, don't even think that out. So funny oh, don't, story. Don't give um, me that. <laughs> just one quick funny story. When they were shooting Suicide Squad in Toronto on University Avenue, um, for some reason, the signage, they had blocked off University Avenue. And for some reason, the signage wasn't good. And I ended up driving down University Avenue from Queen's Park <laughs> while they were filming. And <laughs> there were like these police just kind of like pulled up on me. So there's me and like I had just bought my little Hyundai <laughs> and I'm driving down Toronto. I'm driving down University Avenue and the police are like stopping me. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, you can't be here. Like you're on the set. And then I'm like, what set? And then I ended up driving. They had to drive me to like the side street until they stopped, finished filming. And then I could leave. So I had to sit in my car for about an hour because I couldn't leave because wherever they blocked off, they had blocked off that side too. And I had to wait till they were done filming. So that's my story of how I almost ended up on Suicide Squad in my gray Hyundai. Nice. All right, I guess that's it for our TV shows that we're talking about. Um, I want to end off this episode uh, in a slightly different format than what we usually do, and I didn't give you guys time to prep for this at all, but we usually end off by saying, what movie are you looking forward to coming up in the future? What I'm going to ask is, what episode or what season of a TV show coming out soon are you most looking forward to? Um, and while I give you guys a second to think about that, I'm going to go with the very generic answer of season four of Stranger Things, uh, which recently had a trailer come out and I feel like is going to be very disappointing for me, but I'm still going to say that I'm looking forward to it because I don't watch a lot of TV shows uh, and don't have anything else to answer. What about you guys? I watch so much TV. <laughs> so this is a hard question. I think Who Killed Sarah? Season two, it's uh, one of those Spanish dubbed shows that shows on Netflix, but so much drama. Um, so season one is pretty, pretty awesome. We still are not sure who killed Sarah. So <laughs> season two comes out May 19th. So I'm very excited to see if we finally tell us who killed Sarah. It'd be very disappointing to watch a show called Who Killed Sarah and go through an entire season and not find out. Well, I think we know. And like it's it's kind of it may be a little obvious, but I I made a guess at the beginning of the show. I think it's the mom, but we don't know. I need to know who killed Sarah. But I'm pretty sure someone else is gonna drop dead by the time we figure out who killed Sarah. Now we're gonna have to figure out who killed this person. I I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess I'm most looking forward to, I don't, like, I have the opposite problem because I don't watch any shows <laughs> and I don't, um, I'm, I'm most looking forward to the, the season three of Jack Ryan, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Do you think those universes are going to start tying together? Probably. 
I mean, there's no other reason why you should be using the same names of people. Actually, no. You know what? There is one that I really am looking forward to, and I could be completely wrong because it might not even be a show. But there's a there's an animated Resident Evil thing on Netflix that always shows up on coming soon, and there's no like preview that like you know when you hover over something on Netflix and then it plays like a scene or like a mm-hmm. a trailer. I think it's a show or a series, but it there's like it doesn't even have a release date. It just says Resident Evil something, and then I and then uh, there's no like there's not even a picture. Like I just know that I like the franchise and um, I like those animated uh, movies because I've seen all of them. Um, and, and it's not teasing the new movie; it's teasing like a cartoon. It's a yeah. It's one of those yeah. It's one of those uh, animated ones. Um, so yeah, I've been looking forward to that. I, I just really wish they'd give me even like a date to, to look forward to. Yeah. That's the one I, I want to see the most. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kelly, for dropping by the episode. Uh, and we will see you all next month.